Welcome to Stage Right. I am your host, John Thorne. This is episode 72. Today is part two of my conversation with contemporary Christian music artist and legend and pioneer, Honey Tree. This is Stage Right. I am your host, John Thorne. Thanks for joining me today for part two of my conversation with Honey Tree. I will get to that in just a minute, but first, my pick of the week is the new song by Honey Tree. In case you couldn't tell, I timed this out where part two of our conversation, where we actually go through the story of what she's been doing lately and how she came about writing this song, uh, we timed it where it would be coming out the same day that her song comes out. So her song is entitled Walk With Me. So if you know anyone that's struggling with grief due to loss or isolation or feeling alone or feeling that God doesn't love them, tell them about this song. Go listen to it. It's on Spotify, Apple, YouTube. It's going to be everywhere. So Honey Tree Walk With Me is my pick of the week. My email question of the week comes from Julianne and she asks, are there any songs that are so beautiful they move you emotionally? And yeah, the answer is absolutely um, hundreds of them. But ironically, one of my all-time favorite songs, the memory of that song, uh, when I was a kid, I used to think everybody on the radio was actually at the radio station. So I was like six, seven, eight, nine years old, and I would listen to the radio just to pass time. And I remember a song written and produced by Burt Bacharach, who sadly passed away this week at the age of 94. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Now, the story behind that song, for me, is as a kid, you go to church and you hear, you know, the verse in the Bible, God is love, God is love. Well, when I would hear songs about love, I would always think about God. So in my mind, I would think, what the world needs now is God, sweet God. And it was so beautiful. I mean, if you've not heard the song or if you haven't heard it in a long time, in honor of Burt Bacharach, go look up that song and listen to it. It's one of the most beautiful melodies. The chorus is just remarkable. So that song may have been the first song that ever moved me emotionally other than you know, gospel or Christian music, but from a secular music perspective, I remember hearing that and just being overwhelmed with just how beautiful it was. So what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Burt Bacharach, amazing songwriter, amazing producer, and just a legend, legend, legend. So Burt Bacharach, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Okay, so here's part two of my conversation with Nancy Honeytree Miller. I hope you enjoy this as much as I did. So to follow up on that point that God taught you to be comfortable in your own skin with who you are, with who he created you to be, that's really a lesson that can be for everyone. You know, don't be a rock star pastor, be who God made you to be. Don't compare yourself to other people, their talent, their gifts, whatever. Just be who God made you to be. I think a lot of times people think, oh, the gospel's not enough, <laughs> so I've got to add some pizzazz to it. Take some uh bells and whistles to go along with this. Yeah. 
but it took me so long to learn that because I, I think the reason why is because it's only the Holy Spirit that can train you. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody else can give you the answer. Sure. And so we resist that for so long. We're so dense. You know, we fight against the Lord's wisdom. But he's patient. Mm -hmm. It's been a big relief ever since then, you know, to be able to be myself. Right. Okay, so I want to segue to the part of your career where the spotlight started to dim on that era of artists and music was kind of turning the page to the next chapter. And what did you do for the next several years in ministry? Because you were still just as active and still as involved and you traveled just as much and you're, you were just as important and just as effective, but other than the people you were with and doing ministry with, yeah, uh, most people in America didn't realize what you were doing. Well, that's a wonderful privilege um, that I got to live. You know, uh, first of all, I'm super grateful to God for the privilege of being a word artist in those early years, mm -hmm. uh, being on the radio, Christian radio in those early years was a great privilege. And um, and it, it came to an end. Word uh, decided to drop me in the uh, late 70s, early 80s because I just wasn't current anymore. Right. And... Um, that was a very difficult time for me in my life. Um, emotionally, that was so hard. I searched around for another contract, and really the time was up. I remember talking to Billy Ray Hearn, who had been my my word guy in the first place, but then he, he started Sparrow, and uh, he said, Honeytree, write a book, you know, which sounded like, you're done now. Have your, do your memoirs. Oh, you know, yeah. just, like, it sounded like a death toll. You know, like <laughs> oh lord. Yeah. I still haven't done it. You know. <laughs> right. You've been too busy to write a book. I love Billy Ray. I don't get me wrong, but he was blunt when he needed to be. You know. And uh, I just uh, I had to die to that whole thing. Um which was very hard to do. And emotionally, it was a difficult time in my life because I was single and I was thinking, okay, maybe what I need to do now is get married. But then the Lord um, said, no, not yet. Hmm. Uh, he gave me a really interesting verse, Proverbs 24, 27, which is prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the fields. Afterwards, then build your house. Hmm. So he put like sort of marriage in the not yet, you know, it was afterwards then. But still, I want you to prepare your work outside and make it ready for yourself in the fields, which sounds very missionary, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Talking about fields and outside and get outside of your comfort zone and prepare yourself, you know. Yeah. You've got work to do that is in another field. 
And so it took me quite a while to realize that the Lord wanted me to work in singles ministry. And what happened was this fabulous guy named Mike Cavanaugh from Elam Bible Institute was having singles retreats called Mobilize to Serve. And his basic message to singles was, don't wait till you get married. Just surrender yourself radically to God right now and do what he tells you, you know. Yeah which was so life-giving to me. That's what I needed to do. And so I started writing songs like Single Heart and Every Single Day and, you know, Jesus Be the Daddy in Our House. And, you know, yeah. uh, it was so I felt a release to record those because I had an audience. Like I had a, a reason why. I didn't want to just be an artist I wanted to be, I wanted to reach single adults. And that became the, the theme after that. I needed to know who my field was and do things for them. Right. You know, um, and it wasn't ever as well known. I did get some radio play for Single Heart um, and some other things every single day, you know. But it was never as well known as what it had been before. But the thing that um, these singles conferences were giving me an opportunity to speak as well. Yeah. And develop themes um, that I was going through. Sure. And so uh, it was great um, because I started growing in another dimension of ministry. That I traveled with Mike Cavanaugh quite a bit. We did singles conferences all over the country. And that was a great, um, pretty much, you know, all of the 80s. Yeah. I did that. Right. It's awesome to me that God allowed you a platform where you weren't just singing, but you were speaking. I was, and I was working hard, and everybody thought I fell off the earth, but I was really singing for Jesus all that time. It's interesting. It's like I learned that there's a lot— there's life beyond the spotlight. <laughs> right, you know? right. Well, it's funny because there's so many people, you know them, I know them, that really think music is all they can do and music's the only way God can use them. And I love that you died to yourself and you said, God, uh, I will do whatever you want me to do. Use me however you will. Yeah. And then there's the practical side <laughs> that if you die to yourself now, you don't have to die later. Yeah. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> so talk a little bit about that transition of spotlight to fading spotlight, but still in ministry. Yeah. And I felt like I was experiencing ministry in a deeper way. Um, like when I, in those early years, I was kind of clueless to the fact that I was really preaching the gospel and the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Right. You know? Yeah. I, I look back on it now and I realize that the Lord was doing mighty things in my life and in people's lives. But, you know, I was kind of clueless. And, but the, when it became more, I don't know, as I grew, I just yeah. was more aware of, the privilege of preaching the gospel through music and, and through word. And I actually got ordained oh. in 1983. Oh, that's awesome. The, the fellowship of, of churches and the, and Calvary temple, Bishop Pano, he ordained me as a, as a minister in right. 1983. So I have, you know, 
I still do the same thing I did. Right. I, I don't pastor a church. I still, you know, uh, sing and minister to people all over the place. But but I think it slowly worked a, a focus, you know, a, a, a fine-tuning of the focus of my mind, you know, that I, my purpose is uh, is a minister. Right. Okay, so you've done a lot of things intentionally in your life. You told me a story a couple weeks ago. Please share the story of why you learned Spanish and the door that opened up that led to all of that and that ministry that opened up because of that. Oh, I'm so grateful that I learned Spanish. That has been a mental health healing um, to me. Uh, of, I cannot describe <laughs> hmm. how much it has done for me to be able to speak Spanish, but I really resisted it. <laughs> I think that's a, I think that's a pattern we see in my life <laughs> that I resisted the Lord at first. Um, being a part of Calvary Temple Church, uh, Pastor Pano decided to have mission conferences and invite lots of missionaries, and this this couple came from Monterey, Mexico called Ruth and Victor Martinez, and it, they would just thrill us with the, the stories of, of the ministry they were doing in Monterey. And she would always say to me, when are you going to come to Mexico and sing? And I would say to her, I'm praying about it. <laughs> but I really wasn't because I didn't know any Spanish and I didn't have a burden for Latin America or anything. I just was scared. Sure. And um, she kept inviting me. And then when I I married my husband, J.R., he was just, he loved missionaries. And so the next time they came, uh, he said to me, let's invite them out to dinner. And I thought, oh, my gosh, they're going to invite me to Mexico. And, <laughs> you know, but I did. We went out. We went out to dinner, and they invited me, of course. And I said, well, if JR will come with me, I'll go. <laughs> right. And so what they did, which was um, which was a key, the key that radically changed my life, was they translated four of my songs to Spanish. Oh. And they sang them to my background tracks and sent them to me to learn before I went down. And in the fall of 91, we went to minister in the Monterey area, and I fell in love. I was scared to death when we went. I just knew I was going to get sick and, you know. Yeah. But I went, you know, in fear and trembling, and I fell in love. Mm. It just, I saw the Lord ministering to people through my songs through a different language. Wow, that's cool. And I... I was hooked from the very that very first time I just I decided I don't want to just sing I want to learn to speak because I was in this bubble of not being able to make friends you know yeah and so I started right away trying to learn to speak and I've discovered that it was easy for me because I had been a French student when I was in school ah and I was I did well at French but I didn't really pursue it after that. Sure. But I remembered all the structure and it was it's the same as the Spanish language. And so it was just easy for me to understand the concept and 
and I was I had such a powerful desire. And this same missionary couple, the the wife Ruth Martinez, she just was one of those movers and shakers where she started having all of these impact week missions where she would gather women from all over the states and all over Mexico to be to blitz an area and we would be like in some part of of Mexico and we would just fan out and do hundreds of meetings wow and then we'd come back and have a big conference and you know she was just one of those think big kind of people so I had a lot of opportunity through her friendship to um, grow in using Spanish and then um, there was a lady that was part of the ministry at that time who helped me to translate more songs and so I made a whole CD in Spanish or it was a cassette actually at that time Yeah, and it was called Dios Abierto La Puerta, which means God has opened the door. But then I was just having so much fun. And the thing that the language did for me I personally was so important because I was getting tired of my songs and my music and the sound and everything in English. I was getting very tired of it. And I was like really frustrated and thinking, I need a different sound, like I need some sort of guitar attachment or something, you know? Yeah. And as soon as I started singing the songs in Spanish, the very same songs, just, I, the passion just completely returned. So the Lord knew that it wasn't a different sound I needed, but it was a different language. Wow. And it was part of my brain that, I didn't remember I had that capacity. Yeah. And he just said, okay, now I'm going to open up this whole new thing for you to learn, which is going to rejuvenate you and lead you on adventures, you know? Yeah. And so I just was personally very, very blessed by it. So I've studied Spanish ever since 91. I mean, just all the time, learning more and more. Like I have read the Bible through in Spanish and, and every time I've come across a vocabulary word that I didn't know, I looked it up and it took me three years to do it, you know, but I've, I've done, a, I, I've really learned a lot right. and to where now I can just do a meeting. Um, they don't have to send me an interpreter or anything. Wow. That's remarkable. Okay. So I have to ask you about this. A lot of people think God teaches us things and he wants to do it the easy way, or we want him to do it the easy way. The thing about your story that's fascinating to me is you, you've always talked about how much God has taught you, but you have done a lot of work that put you in the position for God to be able to teach you the stuff that he taught you. <laughs> you know, the example, you learn Spanish, so now God opens up a new world to you for ministry. Oh, man. Wow. Thank you for saying that. That's a wonderful thing to hear because, you know, that verse, Proverbs 24, 27 says, prepare your outside work and make it ready for yourself in the field. Afterwards, then build your house. You know, you have to have a skill or something to offer. Right. 
in order to be useful mm. in the fields. Sure. And it does take work, but, you know, it didn't feel like work to me because it was such a pleasure. I needed it, you know. It was like I have a part of my brain, a capacity that I didn't remember that yeah. I had. Right. And it solved my boredom problem, you know. I mean, <laughs> I just, to me, Spanish is like candy. Yeah. You know, I can't wait to get more of it in my mouth. Right. <laughs> you know, I just love it. Yeah. Well, all right. So there are those who think that God plays favorites and it looks like his favor shines brightly on some and not on everyone. And why does he use this person or not that person? Or why does this person have these gifts and, and whatever. I asked a friend one time that I respect greatly. I said, what do you think about God's favor? And he thought for a second and he smiled and he looked at me and he said, yeah, I don't think much about God's favor. He said, I don't really think God has favorites. He said, but what I do think is God always asks those he knows will say yes to him. Well, that is so true. I mean, I was terrified when I went to Mexico the first time. Sure. And I'm sure my accent was horrible when I was singing, you know. <laughs> I mean, I can hear it even the difference between my first and second Spanish album, you know, that my accent was very icky <laughs> uh, to begin with, but... The Holy Spirit moved anyhow, you know. Yeah. And he 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 delivered me from the fear I had of Latin Americans and of Latin America uh, by His love. I you know that verse in First uh, John four eighteen that says, "Perfect love casts out fear." Yes. Yep. And I believe that it doesn't happen instantaneously, but it happens as we take a step of faith beyond our fears, you know, in spite of our fears, yeah. then God's love comes and fills that, fills us and delivers us from that fear. And then we are transformed into a more courageous person who's able to say yes, like, uh, you know, to more, you know, which then keeps on transforming us. So, yeah, I say very hearty amen to what you said there that, um, I've I've worked, but it hasn't felt like work, particularly where language is concerned. It's felt more like, oh wow, this is what I was made to do. This is what I was wired up for. Yeah, and it feels really good to to learn this, you know. And it it's helped me personally. Like I don't feel bored at all with life, you know, because <laughs> right. I'm continually learning. Sure. And then. Another wild thing happened was the same woman, Ruth Martinez, and another woman that I worked with a lot named Liz Doyle said, let's go to India. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, India? I was terrified, you know. <laughs> but I, I was like, they were so, they were such good friends. I didn't want to disappoint them. So I like, okay, we're going to go to India, you know. <laughs> right. So we went, and I could only sing in English, and it was really good because it just frustrated me, you know, like, these people cannot understand what I'm saying. And so it took a few Asian trips to come up with the thought that maybe I could learn to sing something. And so 
I I started learning to sing in Singhalese, which is um, of Sri Lanka. And then God, I just learned a couple of things for them. And then when I um, I got this incredible opportunity through Liz Doyle to go to Pakistan. Oh my gosh! And um, I went with a team to Pakistan, and they taught me how to sing my song "Release Me, O Lord" in the Urdu language. And the Pakistanis just loved it. And I decided to make a whole album in Urdu. So I, I, <laughs> no way. I went back again, and we translated oh, wow. more songs. And so I have a whole album. <sighs> called Call of the Harvest, which is in English, Spanish, and Urdu. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and it's it's there. I mean, in 2006, we we released it over there, and God opened up the door through the Assemblies of God mission media people to make six music videos of six of those songs in the Urdu language that were filmed in Madrid, Spain, in absolutely beautiful locations. <laughs> Unbelievable. And so there's been an impact of Honey Tree songs in Pakistan <laughs> since 2006. Oh, my goodness. That's great. It's incredible. It is incredible. And, but it all started with the Spanish, with you know that revelation that I could... Yeah sing so people could understand what I was saying. Yeah. Um, and that God had given me that ability to learn to do that. I I can sing and, uh, you know, like if it doesn't matter where I go, they can teach me to do something and I can remember, you know, how to do it. But the only language that I've really studied how to speak is Spanish, other than English, of course. Right. Okay, so a couple months ago, a buddy of mine, Billy Smiley, called me. Tell everyone what you're doing with Billy. Well, Billy is just such a gift from God to me. I really appreciate him. Um, I, I found out about him through Jean Watson, yeah. who is from Kalamazoo and such a great artist herself. Um, and Billy produces her. And I thought, he got her, you know, like she's a very artistic and musical and kind of Celtic sometimes. And, you know, mm -hmm. just, I thought if he can produce her, then he probably can get, you know, wrap his head around honey tree music. Right. So, um, but what happened last year was I wrote a song and that was remarkable to me because I, my husband passed away in 2018 and I had not, I had a lot of song pieces, but I had not been able to complete anything right. since he died. Oh. And, but last year I went on a trip to Nicaragua. Okay. And with my friend Ruth Martinez. And while I was on that trip, I kept hearing the word acompáñame, which means accompany me or walk with me. Hmm. And... I knew it was a song, and I even was able to write the first verse hmm. while I was there. Sure. And it just immediately connected with people. But I was really worried because I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be able to finish it, you know? Right. Oh, God, help me to finish this. Yeah. 
And I didn't have time to while I was on that trip. But when I got home, I was actually able to write the song. That's awesome. And it turned out to be a mission statement for this ministry, this online Spanish grief recovery ministry that I work with that's headed up by Ruth Martinez. Okay. But it was not, it, it was a beautiful song in its own, standing on its own, you know, as the message of that God is the one who heals our grief, but we really need to walk alongside each other to see that happen. Right. And so it was in Spanish, and then I asked God to help me make a really song-like translation of it hmm. that would be a song in itself in English. Sure. And he did. Oh, cool. And so that was a huge breakthrough for me to have to be able to write something Right, sure. And to write it in two languages was remarkable. And then it was just beautiful. Hmm. I couldn't stop listening to it, you know, playing <laughs> it and singing it to myself and like, right. like sharing it with the with them, you know. They were so thrilled because it, it really incorporates the title of their ministry and um, the whole mission statement, the the byline and everything, the main Bible verse, you know, that it's all built on. And so, like, I thought, I've got to record this, and I, I can't just do it somewhere. You know, I've got to go to Nashville and get it done right. Yeah. And so, I didn't, and I didn't have any money to do it, but I just knew God would provide. Right. So, um, I started talking to Billy, and it was just from the very beginning, I, I really felt like this is the right guy. He he goes back, he's from White Heart, you know, he's a Jesus music guy, and he told me how much it would cost, and so it was so funny because I had gotten this letter, which I knew, I knew I was going to get a grant of some kind because I've got this dear friend um, who's a pastor's wife whose family has connection to a foundation, Okay, and they give money uh, for Christian projects. Oh, awesome. And she had told me that I was going to get uh, a gift, hmm. but I didn't know how much it was going to be. Right. And so, and then the funny thing was, I was looking for, I was looking for it to come, but I got this envelope that I was kind of thinking was, was junk mail. So it was just sitting on my counter. <laughs> you know how you, you stick under your your phone and your shopping list, you've got your junk mail pile, you know? Right. <laughs> and it was sitting there. Oh. And he, and Billy had told me how much I needed to do the song. Right. And uh, I was thinking, okay, you know, I'm, I'm, I had certain people that were going to help me raise money in it. And uh, I thought, okay, here we go. And then I went and opened that envelope. Thank God there was a grant check in for more than what I needed. Oh, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> and that I was so glad I hadn't thrown it in the recycling bin, you know. <laughs> right. So the Lord had provided before I even asked. It was just funny because the way that it happened. It was so sweet, you know. There it was. That's so cool. In my junk mail pile. <laughs> that's so great. Well, tell everyone who Billy brought in to play guitar with you on this song. Aha, uh -huh. well, that's a, so exciting. Phil Kagey plays guitar with me. <laughs> Phil Kagey. And he does, he did both acoustic and electric. It sounds great, too. So that was fun. We did the track 
in uh, Sound Kitchen. Yeah. And then we we uh, Gordon Moat came. It was a incredible pianist from Bill Gaither vocal band fame and lots of other fame. Sure. And he just nailed it right away. That the piano part is so beautiful. Yeah, it is. And then we went over to Phil's house. We got that was the first time I've worked on Phil. I've worked with Phil remotely on some projects that he has done from there, but I've never had the chance to go and be there with him. Right. The studio. So that I had the craziest feeling like walking up to the front door of the house. It was like, I'm going to see Bilbo Baggins or something. You know, I just felt like, <laughs> I felt like I was on a pilgrimage, you know. Right. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so awesome. And, you know, he's just fun. And Bernadette, his wife is so sweet. And, they they had their two two of their grandkids there that day. <laughs> we just had so much fun. How cool! And so we he put his guitar parts on, and and then um, Steve Hindelong came to the Sound Kitchen and did the percussion. Right. Well, the track is beautiful. And, oh, thank you so much. And you sent it to me in English and Spanish, and it's one of the rare songs that when I hear in Spanish. Um, not every song, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, not every song sounds good in two languages. Yeah. But this is beautiful in both languages. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. I I understand what you mean. I've I've had some that I wish I could translate and I I just haven't been able to, but yeah, I was so thrilled that the Lord allowed me. It was a very interesting experience writing it in Spanish first and then trying to do it in English you kind of have to turn it inside out and upside down. Right. Because the word order is different, you know, and the rhymes are going to be found in different places and the rhythm it has to go with, you know. Yeah. And so I was just really grateful and relieved yeah. to be able to get a good English version of it. Well, it turned out great. Tell everyone where, where they're going to be able to buy this. Well, we're going to have a release date of February the 10th, and it will be on all the all the platforms, uh, Spotify, YouTube Music, iTunes, Apple Music, yeah. wherever people buy music. They'll also be able to just go to YouTube. Cool. Probably, and, and just listen to it. Right. Okay, so in addition to the new song... Uh, what else do you have going? Because I, I know you don't sound like you're slowing down anytime soon. <laughs> well, um, I am going to Honduras this uh, month. I, uh, we're speaking in January. And um, I'm going to spend about five days there ministering to the staff of a children's home oh. that rescues abandoned kids and raises them and puts them through school and stuff. Wow. And uh, of my friend Susie McCall is the founder and uh, pastor of that group and um, very thrilled to be able to go and um, share with them. Yeah. And really a lot of what I do is work with a ministry called Legado de Acompañamiento, which is the Legacy of Companionship, and it's an online grief recovery ministry 
Um, we have uh, weekly Zooms where there's teaching and then small small breakout rooms to, you know, minister to people individually. Yeah. And then we have daily WhatsApp groups where I, I have a group of about 12 people that it's my responsibility to, you know, ask them how they're doing and pray with them and remember their birthday and stuff like that, you know. Sure. Send them a note when it's the date of their, the death of their loved one mm. and things like that. Wow. And this is all going on in Spanish. Unbelievable. That's amazing. So that takes some work being involved in, in that ministry, but I really, you know, I'm still gaining a lot for my own grief recovery um, through doing this. So I love it. How long were you and your husband married? 28 married. years. We got married in 90. 28 years. Yes. And uh, we have a son who has three kids. Oh, that's great. So. Yeah, I really got to experience being married and parenting and yeah. super grateful for that. Right. So you were married and raised your family in one place. And as far as I can tell, you're the reason they can say Fort Wayne International Airport. <laughs> yeah, it's my place of departure. Yeah, I am amazed and thankful that God has allowed me to live here all this time since 1970. Yeah. And because I have friends here who remember me from those initial days. Right. You know, I've got a Christian family here that is so strong. And Fort Wayne is is really, there's a lot of very active believers here. Yeah. In fact, they've just opened up a 24-7 prayer room that is oh, wow. a cooperative oh, awesome. venture between churches. A cooperative venture. Go figure. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, it's amazing. So, yeah, there's a lot going on here for the Lord, and it's been a great place to come home to and just be, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking of Fort Wayne, I make frequent trips down to Sweetwater. So the next time I'm in town, I would love to take you to lunch. That would be a great privilege. I would love that. I would love that, too. I look forward to it. But before I let you go, tell everyone the story of your song, Call of the Harvest, and what's come up with that recently. That guy that I told you about that I have, you know, an album that's in, in Urdu. Yes. And when it came out, it was 16, 17 years ago. Um, and there was a, a kid whose mom was a pastor and she and her, you know, her husband had my album and he kind of grew up on it. And now he's a very well-known worship leader and pastor Oh wow! and recording artist. Oh. And he got in touch with me and has recorded a new version of my song, Call of the Harvest. And he did the tracks in Karachi, oh and I did vocals in Sweetwater. Oh no way! It's a duet. Oh, it's that's great. And we haven't released it yet, but I'm hoping that this year, I, God willing, I would like to go over there. Yeah. And make a video with him for sure. So we'll see if the Lord will allow that, but um. I haven't. I went to Pakistan three times in 2002, 4, and 6, and then I was not able to go back 
but I believe God is really stirring that up again. Sure. Through 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 this song and through some other indicators. Yeah. Um, that it may be possible to go, and uh, so I would dearly love that if if I enjoyed those visits very much. Although, you know, it makes you pretty nervous. <laughs> yeah. But. They worked. They worked out really well, and they the folks there took really good care of us. And I, you know, I I would love it if God would let me go again. So we'll see. But um, particularly feel thrilled that there's a new version of one of my songs that's going to be released over there this year. Yeah. So that's a tremendous blessing. Yeah. Well, it's remarkable to me to look at your life. It's 52, 53 years after you got saved and everything you've done for the Lord. Yeah. The fruit of all of that will last forever. Absolutely. What an honor and a joy, you know. Yes. Songs are just so hardworking. Yep. You know, a good song will just go out there and and minister to people 24 hours a day. And maybe you'll hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> but the Lord shows up you know, and ministers to people yep. through a good Christian song. I mean, that's just really amazing to be a part of something like that. Right. Well, you've had an amazing legacy in life and music and ministry. I'm just glad you're not stopping. <laughs> amen. Amen. I'm not going to stop uh, as long as I can. I'll keep on singing for Jesus because he is the way the truth and the life and people's got people have to know so right well you spent your lifetime telling them god bless you for it and it's been one of the honors of my life to get to know you i appreciate all your time i hope it works out for us to do some video stuff down the road next time i'm at sweetwater we will grab lunch if you're in town thank you so much for being so generous with your time it's been a pleasure you're so welcome john i really appreciate it very much my thanks to you for listening today. My special thanks to Nancy Miller, Honeytree, for joining me the last two weeks. Next week, my guest will be legendary producer, engineer, and songwriter, Bill Schnee. Have a fantastic weekend, everybody.